Well, uh, how do you do? Who do you do? No. No? Don't do that. I don't have a cold open, Spencer. No? All I have is a, a reading update. Yeah? I'm on, like, 300 and... Page 340 of Jerusalem now. That's progress. It just... Why is it taking so long? <laughs> I've been reading it every fucking day. I forget what I... Well, I think the last time, last week when we recorded, I was at either one something or 240 or somewhere. I don't know. So I made like 100 pages progress. It's Well, more than that, but not 200 pages. No. you did. I don't think you did as good on Saturday as you originally thought you were going to. I was doing all right because my plan, I don't remember if I said on air or not, I was going to read Jerusalem for eight hours straight, like a day job, yeah. to see if I could get like at least almost halfway through. And I did four hours, and I made it to like, I think a hundred pages in or something. Yeah. To be fair, like the first hour I read a couple pages and took a shower, got something to eat. So the first hour was kind of a wash, uh, but I was just counting by the hour. So it wasn't like four solid hours, but still I thought I was gonna have more time, but then Mindy came home and then she wanted to do a bunch of shit. Wanted to go out shopping or eating or whatever the fuck we do as a couple. And I was like, okay, I'll just put the roast down. Now table broke. And I was just like, well, I'll get back to it later. And I did get back to it later for like 10 minutes. And then I did read it Sunday, but I did not have any, I didn't have the ability to read for eight hours that day. I just, not in me. And it's, it's, it's been going hard. It's I, good. It's just like, God damn, why is it so big? I've almost thought, um, like after I get done with the, uh, Cone book that I'm reading, uh, reading Jerusalem? No, but in support of you, go back onto my Kindle and just try to see what more of, a uh, the HP Lovecraft I could get done for the the end of the year, but I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, we'll, why see, would... we'll see who gets done first: your HP Lovecraft <laughs> or my Jerusalem. What are you reading now? Uh, the Oracle Year by uh, Charles Soule. Man, you just went on a different road. Yeah, you didn't read any of the books in your to read pile. You just started reading random books you're buying. Well, no, this one was in the to read pile that I got a couple months ago. That months even... ago, but the ones that you got years ago were <laughs> unread. Uh, yeah, you have no room to talk. How's good, how's sir. unknown mail coming? I told you, I think it, that was either going to be the next one, or I was going to use that to start off the beginning of next year. How's Benjamin Cross's colony coming? You shut your. You, how's <laughs> Benjamin Cross coming? Honestly, after this much of Jerusalem, I could probably fly through that. Yeah, five hundred pages is not a lot of a normal size book. Now that I've been reading this fucking thing. Anyway, Spencer, got a not exciting show for you today. Yeah, it could be exciting. I don't know. Depends on what you're into. What you like and what you don't like. This is going to be a reading heavy one. Depends on what rings your bell. Yeah, not reading heavy, writing heavy. This was the reading portion. Now we will go into the writing portion. So uh, The sp- shitty portion. Yeah. Uh, space music and all that. That's not space music. Well, that's like almost Twilight Zone. <laughs> You have now entered the DPW zone. That's like boner music. No, it's supposed to be the Twilight Zone music that we ended the last. You know what? Forget it. Forget it. I am your host. What's my name? I don't know. I don't know. I'm old now. 
I forget things. It's my birthday today as we record this, and I'm elderly. <laughs> I don't remember. My name is Caleb James. And with me today, Spencer, the Norwegian ninny church. These two haven't got old enough yet to where you just randomly start to whistle when you talk. Yes, I wouldn't want to whistle. (laughs) So, Spencer, I said we would do a brainstorming episode today. Since this is my birthday, we could do what I want. All right. And yet we still just decided to do this. Well, I the brainstorming, I just, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I just didn't feel like coming up with an idea for the episode because it's my birthday. Well, I meant just the, the recording anyways, because like, it's my birthday, we'll do what I want, so I'm going to record an episode of my podcast. Yeah, but then I won't have to do it on the week when I'm actually doing stuff. Yeah. Fun, like reading Jerusalem for eight more hours. <laughs> Guess how I'm spending my Saturday. Oh. Oh, Spencer. Okay. Oh, Jesus. This has gotten to multiple pages, has it? I like how you the notebook you have over there is like it reminds me of like those uh like those cheap notebooks you'd get at school for like you know uh to write your like definitions in and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, for those who can't see, this is actually uh Japanese notebook. Uh, Midori, I believe, is the name of the company, and they specialize in cheap. Just completely blank notebook. Well, I mean, this is lined. Yeah. But it doesn't have a cover. Like, this is. That's what kind of reminded me of that because, like, the only thing on those things were just a, like, notebook on it was, like, the only thing. Yeah. Like, the cover is thick, but it's just white and it has, like, you can see the binding. Mm -hmm. And you can even see where, like, the little, uh, what do they call that? It's not a rope band. Ribbon. Where the ribbon attaches. Uh, But they're pretty cool. And, like I said, I think they're only 10 bucks for these or something. Yeah. Which is good because I've been using these for my more experimental writings. Uh, that way I don't have to use like a $25 fucking Moleskine or something. So, you know what we are brainstorming today? I found a... It was actually in one of the old... Uh, uh, what the, the... One of the old literary journals I had here. Uh, it's called Pop Shots. I showed you. It was like... It was a very colorful one. Yeah. had cool stuff. Well, apparently they're doing a submission period now. And I think it's due December 2nd. And the theme is heart. Hmm. And I already started this story, and I was only like a couple paragraphs in, if that. And I was like, hey, I can turn this into the heart story. You know, I don't, it didn't specify what that means. And well, you could go very gross with it, you know, very horror, very Clive Barker, but I don't think that's the kind of publication that would accept that. I think you should just write, um, you know, a short story about Brett the Hitman heart. I mean, <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> like I completely misread. Yeah. I thought it was heart H A R T. Yeah, and I uh, why is it erotica? Don't worry about it. I know I spent a lot of time on Greg the Hammer Valentine, <laughs> but trust me, it gets better. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of sharpshooters involved in sexual ways. Uh, it's it's a good read. No, that would be for a different uh, anthology or you know magazine. I would imagine. But anyway, Spencer, I. I'm at a loss for where this story needs to go. I have no idea. I didn't know where it was going when I was writing it. I don't even know what made me start the story, honestly. Probably one of those things I had like a very vague image of a scene, and then I just started to extrapolate off of that, and it just like, you know how those go. They never go anywhere. Nope. But that's also perfect for the like uh, literary magazine because most of their stories don't go anywhere. It's all about feelings, and if the thing's heart, then I can do that. 
So, I'm going to read. I only have a couple pages written so far. Okay. I'll read what I have now. And we're not critiquing any overwriting, any awful metaphors used, or poor word choices, or a shit grammar. We're not going to be critiquing that stuff, because this is, like, the very first draft that hasn't even been... I haven't even read it over yet, because it's not finished. It's only a couple pages long. So, we don't have to worry about that. We're just worried... I'm just going to give you what I have as the story so far, and then we're going to go from there. Because I have a couple ideas, but I don't like them. <laughs> okay. And remember, this is for a literary magazine... So it's supposed to be more of a dry and dull, pointless descriptions kind of thing, you know, like I like to add those in my stories, but not go on and on with them. So there are some of those that are longer in this that I probably would cut out anyway. Um, I'm assuming, like I said, I haven't reread this Um, and I can already see I used the word dessert instead of desert. (laughs) (laughs) I think. Uh, No, no, no. I did it right. It's for deserted. (laughs) That's what to say. Ah, Jesus. Oh, and I don't have a name for this story either. But now it's got to be something. I'm thinking, I can't get Brett hit my heart off my mind. Right? I can't get past it. Right? I can't get past it. I got Brett Hart on the mind now. <laughs> Fucking jerk. The hitman. The best there is, there was, and never will be. Breaking the hitman's heart. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give you the real Montreal. Oh, I can't even say it. Montreal screw job. Uh, I feel like I need to be wearing a, a nice robe. Like a leather. Leather. Ooh. <laughs> a leather robe. <laughs> a leather robe. Like a duster. <laughs> That'd be fucking uncomfortable. So you can tell somebody's been watching too much Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, way too much. All right, so here we go. And this is, might be hard because it's my handwriting. Yeah. I wrote this by hand. It's not off the computer, folks. It was a lonesome night. Winter hadn't officially arrived, but its cold sigh eased through the quiet streets, tipping the tops of lampposts with frost and glazing over car windows with an icy kiss. An odd quiet had settled upon the city, the kind of quiet that made a person forget they were among the living, though what use was there being among the living anyway? Adam Alcott asked himself that as he walked down the deserted sidewalk. And why shouldn't he feel this way? He had left a party where the punchline of every joke seemed to land on him, every laugh at and not with him. Now he was forced to walk home because his ride left early with the young woman who Adam had spent most of the evening wooing. And it was going well, or so it had seemed, some way or another, her mood had soured on him, and with it, the night turned rotten. Try as he might, he couldn't get the bitter taste of it out of his mouth. Crystal specks danced beneath the street lights like falling stars lost in the cosmos. Had Adam not been so absorbed in his recent misfortunes, he would have made a mental note of the scene. It would have been perfect for his work as a manga artist, especially since his current project featured a protagonist dealing with the isolation of the heart, not too dissimilar to how Adam felt now. See, that's like two on the nose now mm-hmm. with the isolation of the heart. But I actually think I wrote that before I uh, found the, the, you know, the submission. Oh, so you already started this. That's why I then, said okay. it was. Yeah, I already started this. And then I was like, oh, I'll just rework it for the, the you know, whatever piece. He popped the heavy collars of his pea coat to fend off the sporadic wind that stung his bare face. His ruddy cheeks and sandy blonde hair already made him look much younger than his age. So the oversized coat only added to his woes. These were the opening jokes made at his expense when he first arrived at the party. Walking along, ruminating over how the party unfolded and not paying attention to his surroundings, Adam stepped into the road to cross the street. A car horn blared accompanied by screeching tires and the scent of burnt rubber. He fell backward, landing hard on the curb. Pain shot through his backside and up to his neck, ending with a snap of his teeth clanking together. Adam rubbed his jaw and looked up in a stupor. The door of an old cutlass flung open and a woman stumbled out and tripped to the concrete. 
A whirlwind of expletives erupted from inside the car. Then the vehicle sped away, roaring down the street in a mad fury, and finally it rounded a corner where it disappeared into a neighborhood. The sound of its exhaust growled long into the night. Before Adam had his wits about him, the woman had already scraped herself off the street and was smoothing out her black skirt. There was an angry, determined look on her face. So mesmerized he was by the sight, Adam didn't even notice that he was looking up at her from the ground. Everything was happening too fast to think. The woman searched the immediate area in a frantic rush, walking back and forth along the same stretch of curb. Seriously, she shouted at the empty street, this can't be happening. Adam watched in awe as this petite woman crossed the street, trotting along the curb on the other side. Her high heels clattered, clattered, clattered like horse hooves on cobblestone. Steam plumed from her nostrils in a mad, uneven rhythm. As intrigued as the scene made him, a part of Adam hoped the wild mare wouldn't see him. Though most women never saw him, never truly saw him anyway. They only saw him like one sees through a dirty window, wishing it was clean so they didn't have to strain their eyes to see what they were really looking for. Adam felt he would always be the thick buildup of dust that nobody wanted to wipe off themselves. Hey! The sudden yell shattered his glass pane of introspection. Fiery eyes glared down at him. The orange glow of the streetlights masked the woman's face in shadow, but filled her eyes with titanian madness. So that's all I got. So we have a scene where the guy's on the ground. You, I'm kind of giving that he's kind of a pathetic loser, or at least that how, is how he feels about himself. It yeah. doesn't mean he's actually a pathetic loser. And he, you know, he's a... Uh, uh, as of now, it seems I have him as a budding manga artist. He wants to, you know, draw pretty much comics. He was just walking home, ruminating over how the shitty the party went and how he's rejected once again when uh, a woman appears to be forced out of the car from an angry boyfriend, you assume, and she is looking for her phone, uh, which didn't fall out. I'm assuming it's probably going to still be in the car, but she thought maybe it fell out. She's looking for it, and now you have this underdressed woman in the very cold weather and then i ha i was gonna have it where eventually he like gives him uh gives her his coat and then i was gonna have her kind of rebuff him and then i didn't know where i'm going from there i don't know what kind of story i want to tell at first i was just gonna have it like uh before i was going with the whole heart theme it was just gonna be him like walking down the street maybe he just keeps encountering weird people and it would just be like you know not an adventure, but something like that. But now with the with the woman involved, I feel like there's got to be something there. Well, uh, as you were reading that, I was uh, I was thinking like, as he was walking, he should like bump into like a lady at like at at a park or on the street or something like that. Was immediately where my where my mind was going, and so you kind you kind of did that already. Well, first, do you, is there like a word count? Like is there... I want to say it's like two thousand, so it's, very, it's fairly short. Yeah, so uh, I can't really tell a full beginning, middle, and end story right. with where it's going. But those kind of, especially that magazine, from what I've read, that's not what they go for. Generally. Right. Yeah. So I don't have to actually worry about that. Like I said, it's more about like the feelings and the the characteristics of the people. Yeah. And you got to get like you know the the inner thoughts and that kind of stuff is what they normally go for with the literary stuff, but uh. Like I wanted uh, the the theme is kind of like not just isolation and rejection, but just like how the way you feel about yourself kind of projects onto other people how they feel about you. Mm -hmm. So if this guy just feels like he never really has a shot, 
then he's just going to assume that's how the other people feel about him, thus just, you know, fulfilling that and making it so he doesn't have a shot. Yeah. But because this woman, you know, is tossed out of the car, maybe she's going to be a little tipsy. She's obviously very pissed off. Yeah. And he's not expecting this at all. Like, I have the line about he didn't even realize he's on the ground looking up at her because everything was happening so fast. So I want it to be like, he, he's caught off guard and can't be stuck in his own thoughts just yet. He can't overthink things just yet because it's happening so fast that he might actually be genuine in just how he converses with this person yeah. for at least a minute, you know? And maybe he can show her his true self for at least a moment. And it's going to go terribly for the fact that she doesn't want that at all. Yeah. Like, she's in a shit mood. She's, you know, but I was going to use, like, the whole it's so cold out and him offering the coat. She's going to rebuff him, but, he, you know, it's super cold. And he's like, well, you know, can I walk you home where you don't got your phone? I was going to make it so he didn't have a phone or something. And then, like, you know, it's dangerous how maybe it's nighttime. So eventually she does take the, the coat and she kind of warms up to him both literally and figuratively. And then, you know, where do I go from there, though? Like, what kind of the, conversation are they going to have? The, well, they see an idea. Uh, uh, another idea popped into my head while, while we were just talking about this, that maybe you could... um have the girl like after a while like you know he does like you know when he he offers the code and maybe she's like no at first but he's like no no and she eventually takes it or whatever maybe at as like you know and she even and she's finally like well like yeah okay you can walk me home or, or whatever however you want to get get to that but maybe have them or the, the the um maybe the fix to that to why she would is like after a, after a moment they realize that maybe they went to school together or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they don't like not know each other, but it's like, oh, I've seen you in the halls or in the back of the one class or, or something like that. So they and search it, for like the most minute of connections, but just yeah. enough to feel somewhat comfortable. Yeah, they were very like, uncomfortable. Like situation. oh, like oh, I went, uh, you know, I went to high school with this person. I'm I'm gonna assume that they're not gonna rape and murder me, <laughs> like. And then, so uh, maybe then what? It, then what the story is, which would give you uh, the the room for the character development and, and stuff like that, is that like uh, um, as they're walking, they're each telling each other their version of their like you know like oh well, I ended up going to this art school and but I I'm kind of getting okay grades but I don't you know I don't feel like I'm doing well and you know. Into, like, the isolation, you know, like, the, the yeah. self-isolation and stuff. And then maybe you give her a chance to talk about, like, how she ended up with this the douche nozzle that threw her out of the, you know, out of the truck or something. And if you go with, like, maybe the um the old high school thing, you could maybe have it was, like, you know, like, he wasn't, like, madly in love with it. But maybe he had, like, like a tiny, like, crush or something yeah. on there. And even... With the self-doubt, even back then, he never, you know... Maybe she looks a lot different now than she did then, so yeah. he didn't even... Well, that'd be kind of a cliche to have her, like, you know... Because I mentioned she's petite, if she was, like, overweight oh, yeah. in school and nobody liked her, but he kind of had a crush on her. Uh, I, but that's been done in movies a million times. I don't want to do that. And I do want to be clear. This is not going to be a story where he just ends up with the girl. No. There is no ending up with anybody. That's not what the story's about. It's not actually about it, the girl at all. Well, because then, because, the, like, literally the story could end... At the doorstep of her building, you maybe leave it, try to do that ambiguous like that. Maybe he did, maybe they didn't. Like, you know what I mean? That, you know, that you don't know, you know, you're not definitive either way. But, like, that could literally be the chunk of the story is, like, him walking her home. Because uh, I assume this is, like, in, like a, like, a bigger city, right? 
medium size. Like, but I mean, like, I mean, the like, streets are deserted, so it can't be, you know, like Pittsburgh or something. But it's like a city where there's, you know, there's people around, there's houses everywhere. But like more like a suburbs kind of okay. like, or even like you know, like where we live, like something like that. If you're walking down at three in the morning, there's not gonna be many people out. Yeah. Versus you go to Pittsburgh in the three in the morning, see all kinds of fucking yeah. weird shit. But I'm gonna say, but that could just be the majority of the story is them walking and kind of getting caught up on each other's lives, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. Because that seems like a very kind of like literary ca- yeah. character kind of. Well, the, another idea I was toying with too was I was I wanted to paint the picture that he wasn't over, like he wasn't interested in this girl, at least not right away. That if he was interested, he's like, well, what's the point? Because I know she's not going to. Well, that's would be, that would be what dawns on him once he goes back into his shell, you know, because once he realizes, oh, shit, I'm talking to this girl. She's pretty. Uh, you know, I'm going to go revert back to she just hates me automatically, you know. But at first, like I said, he was so stunned about everything happening. He kind of forgets that for a moment because he's also he's just coming off of being rejected at a party. Not only was he made fun of at the party, but he connected with somebody and, you know, he felt like things were going good. Might have been only on his end, but then she ended up leaving with the, the guy that he who brought him there. Yeah. So it was like a double whammy. So now he's walking home, and he's like, "What the fuck?" So not he feels betrayed not only by his friend, but also by the girl that he thought he was wooing. And I also want to make sure I don't get this like an insult vibe, because that's kind of a hard yeah. thing to do nowadays. Like, oh, why don't the girls like me? I'm a nice guy. I don't want to do the nice guy bit, but I would like the guy just to see the girl is just a person kind of in need, and that's what he's going to help for. You know, like if you were fucking outside and you just happen to come across somebody that in that situation, you'd be like, "Oh shit, are you all right?" Like you wouldn't think, like, "Oh yeah, here's my chance." Like, no, that's what douchebags do. That's what fucking incels do. Like, I'm gonna be the white knight and it's save just her. Like, I just turn into a cartoon character. I'm putting on a big bit bib with the fucking <laughs> yeah. fork and now just oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. But I do like the idea of like the door, the doorstep thing. And it's like, okay, I take you to your door, and then we part ways. And since they both don't have phones, you know. At least at the time, it's not gonna be like there's. Oh, here's well, maybe my number. He, maybe he he has his phone, but it's dead. That uh, could be that. I haven't uh, I haven't thought that through yet, but that, that's. I hate that you always have to work phones either that or make the story older. Yeah, because I want it to be a modern story, and also you know like the the manga artist thing is gonna be interesting to kind of work into it because that's what I was wondering. That's like. Like, I was wondering if, like, you were, like, if it was going to be, like, set over in Japan, because... No, no. Yeah, I don't think you get rid- many American manga artists, like, you know what I mean? Oh, that's the thing. That's why he's not successful or anything. Yeah. He's just, you know, but he's a, he's doing, it's just his drawing style or whatever, but he could be an American manga artist. He could do whatever well, you want. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just, you know... And, and again, it, it is, just felt like, like it was a fucking better than the typical writer, painter, photographer yeah. trope. We always get at least that's a little more modern thing. And I don't want to say like comic book artist because I feel like that's just like an instant, like an instant shutdown in that mm. situation. You just be like, all right, this guy's definitely a super nerd. You at least want to give him like something that <laughs> elevates him a little bit. Yeah. Or the, what would kind of like soften that would just say he's a cartoonist. Cartoon. Man, I don't know. It sounds worse. <laughs> sounds worse to me. Cartoonist. Was he fucking? <laughs> is he Ray Dilbert? Like <laughs> the cartoonist drawing that shit. But like where I'm having trouble too is like what is this? What is the conflict gonna be though? Like, well, what is the drama? Just them meeting? Because that's always the problem I have with a lot of literary fiction is, what is the drama? It's always eternal drama, but how do I make this not boring? But isn't that kind of what, like, they're looking for, though? That's is... what I'm saying, but I don't want it to be boring. I don't 
I don't care if I can write a story that gets accepted. I want to write a story that the reader's going to like. Because like yeah. I said, I read a lot of stories in the one issue that I had. but I didn't like any of them. Right. Even the flash fiction. Like I just felt like all of them were fucking terrible and they weren't written very well. And I'm just thinking to myself, and the, and the reason why I want to go for this, because this is like this, they sell this at Barnes and Nobles all over yeah. the country. Like it's a, you know, it's a, a known magazine. But at the same time, I'm just like, why do, why does the story just because it's literary fiction have to be boring? Like why? I mean, you can still have like the internal drama and stuff, but why does it just have to be so dry? You know, like why does it have to be something that doesn't have any point and doesn't end? Like it just like it's over, but it doesn't have an ending of any kind. Like I don't, I don't like stories like that that just have no point of existing. Because I always ask myself this: Why is the reader reading this? Why yeah. are they interested in this? Why do they care about your characters? And if I'm writing a story where they don't care about my characters, there's nothing happening in the story, and the drama is very bland. Like, the, what, why are they reading it for? What's the point? Well, I guess maybe you could just try to lean in more of like. Like, it's more of, like, a character piece, maybe. Yeah, that's fine, but I still need something to happen. But then I also feel like if you want to do that, then you shouldn't be trying to write something for this magazine, then. Because yeah. that's obviously not the kind of stuff that they publish. Why not? Because, like, and no offense, but I don't think, like, oh, there's this Caleb James, this is, like, this is good, but it's completely out of the thing that we don't publish, yeah. so I don't, you know, you know what I mean? They <laughs> I've had that rejection before. Yeah, but that's where I'm at. But the, uh, this story hasn't been my main focus, by the way. I'm, like, pretty good ways into my novel. Right. Like, that's still my focus, obviously. But I do want to get some stuff published now, so I'm, I got, like, fucking 12 submissions floating out there, but, like... Only one of them is in the, you know, in the the progress state of them actually going right. to look at. The rest are just like, oh, got a review or whatever. Like, God damn it. It's like, just, just reject it already. Yeah, just, you know, reject it or whatever you're going to do. What about you? You've been hitting your story hard? Um, We're doing something else. No, not really. I've been able to do a little bit more writing in the notebook on, like, the one of the secondary storylines, but nothing... Nothing really worth any any note or uh, worth bringing up, really. Wasn't that fucking great? Yeah. I just hit a random part of my novel today, though, that's very weird. Yeah. Well, isn't, uh, it, isn't it like well, the, the own, yeah. <laughs> I, I meant weird as in the writing switch that happened. So I have a scene where the guy and the lady, they end up going through this flooded tunnel and they come out through this door and they end up going up like the staircase, and they're in almost what would be like a hobbit-sized room. Everything's very small, and it's just a single room with no exit other than the one they came in. There's a fire going. There's a couple of chairs that are very small in front of the fire. There's a big like bookshelves on the one wall, and then like cooking stuff on the other wall, and that's it. So it's a very small room, and there's nobody in there though, even though there's a fire going on. So uh, that's I already have that planned out where that's going. But the scene I have so far is like the one guy. Uh, he starts like flipping or like there's the the books on the wall and they're very small books and he starts looking at them and they're very ain't like the first one he looks at. It's like a cloth bound book. It's very faded, but surprisingly, there's no dust or anything on it. Like somebody cleans these, but the pages are kind of yellowed and he opens it and he was expecting to see like because this is set in Ireland. He's expecting to see like, you know, like ancient Irish or something like it's written in, but it's a language he doesn't even know. Mm. He's like, what the fuck? And he's looking through it. And he's like, that's crazy. Puts it back on the shelf and he grabs because there's a couple that are like leather bound. So he grabs the leather bound one. And then I start describing like the leather of it. It's like, oh, 
starts just like a deep brown. It's dull, no shine or anything like that. Very worn. And then all of a sudden, I just started rhyming. And then I just started like rhyming the whole sentences. And then the next sentence rhymes. And then all of a sudden, I just go into like this weird forest scene where he just like sees a forest and it's all rhyming. And it's very weird. He's like, what the fuck is happening? And then it's only a paragraph long. And then he comes out of it. And he's just holding the book. He's like, what the hell happened? So I just have it set up where like, because the book's completely blank inside when he's looking at it. Well, maybe it's like a magical kind of book where mm. it just like either he saws the past or he's sent to a weird vision or something. But just like I used the rhyming device as a way just like, wait, it's like catches the reader completely off guard. Because when I all of a sudden I actually wrote it by accident at first. It's like, oh, that sentence rhyme. That's kind of weird. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to just go with it. See where that takes me. And then I was like, I like that, though, because now he just had like this weird vision and it like. But the reader got the clue from the rhyming, even though they might have not understood what was happening yet. Uh, and then I have another one, another device I'm using, um, which I wish I would have thought when I started this, because I have like kind of like fairy folk throughout here. Like the, at the beginning, there's like a dwarf character, but it turns it's going to be like one of these fairy folk. And what I'm going to do from now on, whenever one of these fairy folks come about and they're talking, they're not going to have any quotation marks in their dialogue, but just their dialogue. So that get because I have a couple or I have one character in here that's related to the guy that's going to turn out to be like one of the fairy folk that he doesn't realize. And I figured, oh, wait, if I use that quotation device, you know, like get removing those from their dialogue, that could be a clue. Mm -hmm. So like the reader might not get it at first or be like, why is this dwarf character doesn't have quotation marks? Probably won't think much of it. And then we get to the one like I have a dinner scene and then the one character that's related to the guy like you're reading that and it was like. There's so much going on in that scene with so many people talking. You might you might miss that she doesn't have quotation marks, and then you get onto the rest of it, and then you meet another fairy character, and eventually you'll catch on. Like, why do none of the fairy characters have quotations? And then you'd realize, oh shit, there was clues. Some of the characters I thought were normal people were obviously fairy folk because they didn't have the quotations. You know, is there a reason why they don't have quotations? Like, just, is it just uh, the way be, that they speak, or well, it'd be the way they speak, but that would just be the clue that they're they're not human. They're not like just the normal human speaking. There's something else going on. Like that makes me remind uh, uh, reminds me of something of like that. Uh, because uh, we always talk about like the, the different tricks you can play in different medium depending on what you're writing in. Novels is that is that weird thing because like in that uh tenth justice, there was like the bad guy had like this mole who was like giving him information about the good guy and his group of people. Toward, there was a couple parts where you where you were in the scene. Rick was talking to this person, but the writer never says who it is. The bad guy never says the person's name. Right. So, like, as you read in it, you don't know even if it's a male, female, uh, you know who exactly it is. But like, you couldn't do that scene in a movie. No. You'd have to have the person like in sh in the shadows. shadows or something dumb like that. You know what I mean? Well, <clears throat> that's like the, the scene I have, like the fairy folk. If I was doing that, say I decided to make his brother one of the fairy folk, if he had a brother, and you wouldn't know it reading the book except for the quotation mark clues. Like, you know, the brother doesn't have quotation marks. This is weird. Is this a fuck up? But if you did that in a movie scene, you'd have to do something else. Yeah, you have so to have, have some to do, like, kind of vis visible thing. Yeah, or something. they have like you know their eyes are weird colored, or they, you know when they talk, there's a weird kind of air about it, or something. Like you'd have to do something like that. That would be it. It'd be tricky, but it still could work. Yeah. Um. But I just like the idea of doing that. In the, you know, in the written form, because uh, that's also like just the easy way to do it. 
And then I I have a couple more interesting writing devices I'm going to use, but I'm going to save those until I actually get to them. Right. Because, you know, you might end up abandoning them or whatever, but especially when it comes to, like, the dialogue, because pretty soon I'm going to be going up with all kinds of different, you know, beans. And when I get to those, I really want to, like, make sure they're different. Uh, That could be fun, too. Because you could probably use, that, like, that quotation thing, too, if you're writing a story with, like, demons. Mm. I mean, it doesn't have to be, quote you know, no quotation marks. It could be, you know... A lot of people, they just use, like, italics or just like the... But I figured this would be a little more unique. Yeah, but so far that... uh, The novel's going very well. I'm enjoying that. Uh, I just wish I was done with it. (laughs) I I feel like this is going to be at least a 500-page book. Yeah? Yeah, because I'm only, like, the halfway point, and I'm, like, 170 pages in, and... uh, I don't know. That's that's because you were, you know, you said you wrote that one thing by hand and it was like 500 words or something you counted. Yeah. And I'm like, well, shit, how many yeah. words do I got now? You know, but uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's going to be good. And I, there is a lot of heavy reworking I'm going to do, which I'm not really uh, looking forward to necessarily. But I find, though, just from because I've been editing some older stories to maybe submit them places, I find when I like I'm a way better rewriter yeah. so once I go back like I could do whatever I want like that's fine it's just like that first draft is such a slog you know because you know me there's like times where it's like four months I'm working on one story yeah like a 10,000 word story or something and then I eventually finish it and then when I do the rewrites it's like a day mm-hmm. so it's like what the fuck even if I change and add you know a significant amount of things I just I fly through it but like that first draft is all I don't know and it's not that I don't enjoy writing it or anything it's just like even if I know exactly where the story's going, it's just like the actual sitting down to write. I always have that resistance that just like, no, watch a couple more Instagram boob videos. Yeah. Like, watch fucking, you know, read some more Jerusalem. Yeah. I was like, there's so many things I talk myself into doing, and then I'm like, oh, I'll have plenty of time to write later, and then I just get tired. Take a nap. Take a nap. <laughs> but anyway, that's about it. Yeah. Um, you think we uh, helped at all with your... Uh... With uh, your story? I don't know. It gave me a little direction. I still don't know exactly where I want to go with it. Like I said, I don't know if I want to go with the just the guy and the girl or if I want to go with the story I originally had planned to him just meeting different characters in the streets on his way home. And uh, But like, it's that stupid heart theme. It's yeah. Me, you know? And I do like the, the whole self-isolation, like I'm not good enough, I'm not, like that kind of thing because you know, we all have experienced that. So I feel like I can write that well. It's just a matter of... Uh, Coming one coming across genuine and com- and also making it so like the girl doesn't seem like a bitch. Yeah, because it's very easy for guys to just make the woman a bitch, and it's like no, she's not a bitch. She's just like some fucking fat guy she met in the street, right? Like, <laughs> some stupid manga artist with an oversized coat, some nerd. Like she didn't. She got dumped. She got threw out of a car. She doesn't want to talk to this guy. Like that doesn't mean she's a bitch. Uh, but anyway, folks, if you like this kind of content, and I don't know why you wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, you can let us know by hitting us up on social media at DPW Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we do have an email, but I'm not telling you. Nope. I don't want to. Well, I mean, at this point, I think it'd be kind of easy to figure out. Is it, though? I don't know. Or if you wanted to find it out, it wouldn't be that hard to yeah, to guess. get that information. Uh, so anyway, you can also find Spencer at his OnlyFans. Spencer, what the fuck were you? The Norwegian ninny. No. Yeah, you were the Norwegian ninny. I can play it back. This time, though? 
Yeah. Okay. That's what. What the fuck? When did you think you were the Norwegian ninny? I just I thought that was a couple episodes ago. I hope not. I don't think I got the dementia just yet. <laughs> you are getting old. <laughs> anyway, we will catch you next week. <laughs>